0: Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do, serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. You have to make truth more important than everything and anything else, especially happiness. The pursuit of happiness is the single most destructive element in your relationship to truth. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clear and open.com. The pursuit of happiness is one of the three, quote, unalienable rights suggested by the United States Declaration of Independence. But the very act of this pursuit is problematic and the single most destructive element in your relationship to truth. Because real happiness isn't some destination that you get to by constructing a long enough bridge. This false happiness is built on illusion and eventually life will catch up to you and set you straight. Real fulfillment is already and always there. And through awareness, we can deconstruct our blocks to it and experience it regardless of the content in our lives. So today, I suggest that we have to make the pursuit of truth, of realness, more important than everything and anything else, especially happiness, so you can discover how happy it will make you. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people money and time problems holding them back in business and i share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because i want to help you too if you're enjoying the show and learning from it i'd really love your feedback if you're listening to the show on an apple device all you have to do is open up the podcast app view the full description of the episode and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show thanks so much for listening let's start the show Thinking about how the the nature of awareness, you know, I talk about skill, knowledge, and awareness. And skill and knowledge are both constructive, right? You probably you guys heard me talk about this before. You know, you don't know something, and then someone tells you something, and then you know it. It's additive, it's constructive, right? Same with skill. You don't know how to do something, you practice it, you fall off the bike, you get back on, you add to it. Eventually you experience enough times. And then you get it. But how does awareness work? Is awareness constructive? It's not, is it? Like, and this is something that in really pure forms of Zen, they will instruct you to look at like, who or what is being aware? Are you becoming aware of something? How does that actually work? You know, most of the time when we become aware of something that we weren't aware of, what happens that augments your awareness? You, you, you might think like, well, you know, you're not aware of something and then somebody tells you and then you're aware of it. But That's usually a knowledge thing, right? How does it work?
1: Maybe we don't have an adequate definition of <coughs> awareness then as to differentiate it from knowledge.
0: But I never even thought about having to define that. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. So the distinction is knowledge is a... It's content, for one. And awareness is uh, context. So it's like awareness of a fact. We're not talking about that. We're not talking like, were you aware that the Magna Carta was signed in? 1215.
1: (laughs) 1215.
0: I love that we have that. You and I, Peter, you would (laughs) be... That's not an awareness thing. That's just a euphemism for an alternative way of saying, did you know that? Right? When we talk about awareness, we're talking about something else. We're talking about the ability to perceive something.
2: I think there's a knowledge at the beginning, though. Like, You have to add that the awareness is a thing. Mm -hmm. Five years ago, I don't think I knew that if you would have told me awareness, I would have described knowledge.
0: Sure. Yeah, let's frame it this way then. Uh, it's an interesting challenge. Okay. So it just took me a minute. Okay. So there's... Uh, imagine a circle. This is... I didn't invent this. A lot of models use this. Imagine a circle. And one segment of it is what you know. And then there's another segment next to that. And that's what you don't know. Right. Two little pieces of pizza taken out of that pie. So this is what you know. And then there's what you don't know. What's the rest of the circle?
1: It's what you don't know that you don't know.
0: Yes. Now, what's an example of what you don't know that you don't know?
1: Everything you don't know, you don't
0: know. Yes. Spoken like a true Zen bastard. Yes. If you can answer that question, it won't be answering the question. Because like, I know how to make a smoothie. I know that I don't know how to do brain surgery. So those two domains. I know there's such a thing as brain surgery, and I know I don't know how to do it. That's still the realm of the known. You see, there's what you know, and there's what you when we say I don't know something, usually what we're saying is I know that I don't know something. The third category, which is, we've all had the experience. You know, you ever, you know, you're working on like the fooling around with the back end of your website, or you know, one day someone tells you about. You know, do you remember the moment when you learned about search engine optimization or about uh, compound interest or, you know, things like that, where it's just like you have this feeling of this whole world opens up and you go, Whoa, I had no idea there was this whole world there. I had no idea you could pay down your mortgage faster. I had no idea you could, you know, whatever it was. Suddenly the whole world o- opened up. When the whole world opens up like that and you go, Wow, there's this whole like corridor, there's this whole thing there. That's when something has moved from, something you don't know that you don't know to something that you know that you don't know. That's that movement. And that is how awareness works. So how do you make that work? How do you make it happen? How do you make it so that things move from what you don't know that you don't know to that you know what you don't know? How do you do that? If you could do that, that would be really cool, right? I want to know all the really important things that I don't know, that I don't even know, that I don't know.
1: I want to know what they are. It seems like we have to be willing to question our programming from our childhood on through to this moment. Mm. Assumptions about reality, about whatever, about existence.
0: Yes, so you brought up a really key word, assumptions. Assumptions, beliefs, values. Those are the things that become plugs that prevent the movement from what we don't know that we don't know to what we just don't know. Because a distorted belief or a flawed perception will stop you from taking in new information. This is exactly how the Dunning-Kruger effect works. You have a belief that something is a certain way And then someone says, actually, your political party or your religion or whatever, or your best friend or your wife, actually, this is the facts about what happened. And that's the doorway where you can be like, whoa, this is something I didn't even know that I didn't know. But the majority of people will say, no, I'd prefer to stay with the facts that I currently believe or the beliefs that I currently have instead of... Entering into the realm of what we don't know, that you don't know, because when you feel into what is it that you don't even know that you don't know? Feel that for a second. What's that feel like? Fear. Yeah. I can feel either fear or anybody get anything else? Excitement. Yeah, those are exactly the two words. I was just feeling it through it in the last minute, and it's both, right? it's it's there's a kind of oh man, what might I be missing? And then there's like, wow, what, I'm, what might I be missing? Depends on the moment. You can feel both. Of course, we all want excitement without fear, right? <laughs> is that funny? I want to be in complete control all the time and never have to worry about what might happen. You know, they physically feel
2: incredibly similar. <laughs> yeah, right? Great like, point. Almost, uh, I-, I would say being excited about taking a risk and being completely afraid of going to work, <laughs> they feel the same way. Yeah, totally. In, in German, there's actually
0: a word, Gespannt, which actually means excited and nervous at the same time. And it, it can imply both. It's sort of not really positive or negative, it's sort of neutral. We don't really have that. We, when we say anxious, we could be like, oh, I'm really anxious to get started on this project. Right? And it can be positive or you could say, Oh, I'm really anxious about that meeting I have to have. So that's sort of the best analog we have. Depends on the usage. But yeah, it's both. It's a great call, Jamie. Look in the body. It feels the same. And you know how it is. If you're not a little bit afraid every couple of days, you start to get kind of bored. And then you do something stupid <laughs> or something brave. <laughs> so I want to say all of that to say is like, Jamie to to look at what you've been doing in your business and how much of it has been deconstructive. You know, this is I think why when a business changes significantly there's a lot of employee turnover and you've experienced this too Kurt. And because that's a literal deconstruction, people going away and sometimes the business changing size as well. Because that's
2: the, awareness. Like the biggest thing for me <laughs> And the financial stuff is just a way you you can keep score. It's not the only thing that... uh, There have been many, many other, even more important changes at home and, and at work. When I really made the shift to being more concerned about what was real and just reality in general and not giving a shit about anything other than what is actually true, what is going on... And knowing like, okay, my own head trash is going to not want me to be accountable to myself. not want to hold anyone accountable because that's mean. And I have head trash that I'm not capable. Someone's going to find out I'm making this shit up as I go along. Uh, And knowing that all that's happening and still moving forward. And, And it really does at times feel like, whoa, this just happened. Like it was one day it was like this, and then the next day it was like that. Mm-hmm. But that, like, you, like you're talking, what is awareness? And I think it is that the degree of caring more about what is true than about what I feel, like yes. that has to be a part of it too.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'd say that, yeah, you just answered the question in a way I didn't expect. I didn't actually know the answer to the question when I asked it a couple of minutes ago. But I think that's the best answer. I mean, there's lots of different ways. You know you can look for clues. Maybe we'll talk about some of them. But that that's the first thing. You have to make truth more important than everything and anything else, especially happiness. The pursuit of happiness is the single most destructive element in your relationship to truth.
2: It That makes it sound like happiness is a place and you're trying to get to it. Yeah, well that's how most people hold it. Yeah, and it's not. Like you can be happy when the business is tanking. You can be happy when you have lots of money in the bank.
0: Yes. It depends on how you define happiness, right? But the the way most people think about happiness is in terms of content. I'll be happy when I have the boat and the house and And
2: stuff. that was a big change for me too. Like I'll be happy when I've shown that I'm valuable and competent in the business growing. And when I made the shift of like Or I'm valuable, even if whatever happens to the business, I just need to get to the truth. Mm. Then, like, actually, what I had been striving for (laughs) happened in a different way. Like, it wasn't. Does that make sense? Like, the the dollars in the bank that's not going to tell me who I am. There, that's not where I get my value from. Yeah. Eventually, that that's shown to happen, but that doesn't mean even though. I think I'm handling things really well right now that the business is going to continue to grow. Like, who knows what the hell is going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we'll see how I react then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think I'll be happy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm confused, Jamie. You're finding out what's true in your business. hmm And how does that relate or not relate to your feeling of self-worth or what you feel your self-worth from?
2: Good question. So... When I believed I was successful, valuable, worthy of love when the business was doing well, I would ignore things that showed that it wasn't well so that I would then feel valuable. So we were like a bodybuilder, looked great on the outside. Like when we were at the highest uh, revenue, we looked phenomenal and we were dying inside. We had cancers here, there were things we weren't taking care of. But I wouldn't look at them because that would show me that I wasn't worthy, I wasn't valuable, and it would feed into this, I'm a poser, I don't have a great education like my peers, some of my peers are ahead of me, and if I was different, then I would be better. And so by shifting it, like that's not where I find my value of our bank account. Then I could go and find the truth. When I found my value, my value was not... Success. It was not money in the bank that allowed me to then look at it because I wasn't afraid. If I found out that who I thought was the key person and I couldn't survive without them, that that wasn't true. It didn't. I I didn't go. Oh shit! I just put seven years into this guy, and now now my worth is lower because I wasn't successful in that area. Hmm. Um, when we, I wouldn't look at our P and L. Hell, the first time I looked at the P&L was when a company tried to acquire us and they sent it back and went, I don't know what this means. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, did you look at this before you said it? I'm like, oh, we review it every month. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> like, it really meant nothing. There was no interpretation that you could get anything out of it. I wouldn't look at those things. Like, I wouldn't get the mail. Wow. I wouldn't get the mail. Someone else got the mail because I didn't want to see the bill because if i saw that i was paying too much for something or i knew what the bills were coming up then that would affect my self-worth and my value and now that's not where i get it from so i just want to find out what's real so what came first
1: the the looking at what's real or or the the, that you realize that You made a shift in yourself that you no longer equated success in the business with your self-worth. Is that what came first and when you made that shift in yourself?
2: Mm, I don't know. There were a bunch. I think it was part of a journey I'm going on in my faith. I think one of the things that helped is I have two sets of kids, one that are old and one that are young. I'm watching how my 17-year-old is reacting to moving on in the world and what he's struggling with. Is it directly related to what I struggled with when he was young? And put, I put, if the business was great, everything was great. If it sucked, I wasn't present. And I guess I just got to a point where there isn't there something better than this? Is this reality that my family's my physical health, mental health, my family's mental, my children's mental health is freaking decided by money in the bank? Mm. And so, and like, now, Joseph, we've been meeting for four or five years. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And so I don't know. There was a part that just was like, I'm done with not knowing. I'm just done with not knowing. And it really was like, fuck this. Mm. What is reality? And and seeing like, man, my avoidance of reality was strong. Like it was really strong to the point of like I wouldn't get the mail. And I saw, like, I saw how it affected my kids. I saw how it affected my wife. I saw how it affected my staff. We had people who should never have been here. Just never have been here. I should have fired them well before I did or they left. And then, and seeing how that changed. So I think it was, I guess I just got to a point of like, I really would prefer to live in a van down by the river (laughs) with nothing than continue to, when the business was good, I'm the best dude you ever met. I'm amazing. And the moment it tanked, I'm worthless. That's and I that really happened. would like, yeah, I'd just sit at home yeah. for months doing nothing. And I just didn't want to do that anymore. So then that drove the, okay, then I hear all of Joseph's teaching and I replay conversations he and, ha- he and I had. I-, I went back to conversations he and I had where I threw the phone and hung up on him or told him <laughs> to <the> fuck off. <laughs> And I went like right back to some of those because those were there was a lot of meat in there, and I was like, "Oh, okay." We talked about this. I'm going to act like what he said was a hundred percent true. If it was a hundred percent true, what would I do? And then I some of it was faking it. Wow! Like I'm just going to do this, and I think like I don't know how you do this without other people. Like you have to. Someone has to say like, "Hey, you're being an idiot." Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. Did that answer your question, Peter?
1: Well, it does. It,
2: it certainly gives me an insight.
1: I can see some parallels in in, in my own life and the way I approach life and, and business. Yeah, that's helpful to see those parallels and the kind of thing. So it sounds to me like there were some of each is what it sounded like. You got sick of not knowing what the truth was, and so that was that was an, a motivator to you, and also the, how you saw what you were doing and how you were thinking and being affecting your family. So it seemed like it was some of each, just the way I'm thinking of it.
2: And I think everyone would be different. I'm I'm a, like a two on the enneagram, so how I impact other people is really a big deal. So I just kind of leaned into that.
0: Well, there was there's a bunch of elements here. One is you know intense emotional upset. You know, just sort of categorically speaking, it has to be, it's an emotional decision when you give up on the content based mainstream BS happiness of the world. You know, like things have got to be bad because, you know, if things are going your way and you're happy from the content life is serving you, then you're not going to give up on it probably unless you get all the things that you think are going to make you happy and you realize you're still not happy. That's another way, but that's going to be an emotional thing as well. So it's always an emotional thing, I think, in one way. And then there's also going to be real-life consequences. That's the way life supports us to care about reality. Because in case you haven't noticed, as I say so often, life does not care about your happiness. There is no evidence to support that whatsoever. There's plenty of evidence to support that it really cares about your perception of reality. And so, cause when you close your eyes and you go, I don't want to see it. I'm not even going to look at the bills or whatever your version of, of that is, because we all have it. Life will go, uh huh. So not looking at those bills is making you happy. Is it? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and it's going to try to get your attention some other way. And when you try to negotiate with reality, it will always win. And the longer you look away, the more you're saying to reality, I need the lesson louder, please. Mm-hmm. And it will listen. And this is what happens. I mean, if, you, if something really bad happens to someone, almost always if you trace back, if you really look at it from a meta place and you trace it back in their life, you'll see that it's just life trying to get their attention in a way that life's been trying to for a really long time. They just weren't listening. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.